What is going on, Mosaic Church? How are we guys doing today? We good? We alive? Okay, listen, here's the deal. I know we have masks on, so you got to be that much more louder, especially for me, because I need a little more energy and engagement today. So, how are we doing, Mosaic Church? Are we alive? Come on, speak through those masks. Good. Okay, so now you know how to do it, so there's no excuse now throughout today that you don't engage with me, okay? I can't see your smiles, so I need either like really aggressive amens or like yes or like hand raises or hardcore head nods, okay? Because I can't see what your face is doing. It's intimidating the mess out of me, all right? So we got to have fun with this today. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Josh Olson, and I get to be the one to bring the word today. And uh, man, I'm excited. Honestly, it's been a journey for me even in this. And so I'm excited to see what God has for all of us in this place today. I'm super excited to be here, excited to be hanging out with you guys. Again, thank you, Eric, for just giving me the opportunity to do this. Um, Can we just give it up for Eric real quick, man? He's your pastor. He's your guy. Like his family's amazing. And Kristen, it's fun seeing you guys sing on stage together. Josh is running like the camera. You guys are killing it, man. Super family. If there was like an Incredibles family of the church, it would be the Lindine family. Amen? Okay, so, all right, you'll get there. Y'all get there. It's all good. Also, man, I'm just really thankful for my family. I always just want to brag on them a little bit here. Here's a picture of my beautiful family. If you don't know them, that's my wife, Anna, four-year-old son, Paxton, and a, like one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Kinsley. And uh, I'll be talking about them a little bit, but man, I, I am so blessed and so honored. They're online watching right now, and shout out to all you who are online as well. We're excited to be here. Before I get any further, I got to say this, man. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And I know for all of you in this room, this last year and a half, you've questioned that. Like, what is going on, right? But guess what? I'm here to say there is good news. I'm here to say that there is a God who is in control. He got this, and we're going to be okay. If you agree with that, say amen for me one time. If you agree with that, come on. That's what I'm saying. We're going to be okay. And we're in the gospel se- or we're in the series called John right now. And honestly, everything that we do, the fact that we're here in church today, our whole entire being is about this. It's the gospel, right? Everything matters. Everything that matters and truly matters is actually just this. It's the gospel that God sent his son to die for you so that you can be forgiven and have eternal life and live with him forever. Like, For me, honestly, that's probably the most powerful and least complicated thing I've ever heard in my entire life. When I was a youth pastor, we would always try to tackle the big questions, the big life questions like, what's the point of life or what's, you know, what's going on? And I'm like, it's actually not that complicated. Like, I'm sorry, but like, it's right here in the Word of God that this is the gospel. This is everything that we're about. And I'm telling you, people, we got to share it. We got to share the gospel, especially in a time like right now, more than ever, people need to hear the good Word of God. And honestly, we could just leave it right there. That could be the sermon. But I want to dive into this today and I want to talk about it because we're going to have fun diving into John. So we're going to be talking about John 3 1 through 21. If you guys have your Bibles, great. If not, it'll be on the screen behind me. And I really want to challenge you guys with this. If you guys do one thing for me today, I want you to pretend that this is the first time you've ever heard this passage. The first time you've ever heard the gospel. Because I know we can get so used to the gospel. We can get so used to church. We can get so used to this stuff. And sometimes that takes away the powerfulness of it. So let's not do that. Let's pretend it's the first time. For those who don't know, I grew up as a missionary kid. My parents were Bible translators. And I literally got to see people in another country hear the gospel in their own language for the very first time. Like just think about that though. Like, we got it good here, right? We got it. We got it on phones. We got it in Bibles. We got it on screens. Like, 
We, we got it. We can get used to it. But I've seen people literally hear the word of God for the very first time in their own language. Instant tears. Both sides. We were all crying, right? Like, it's just a powerful thing. So again, today, I want to challenge all of us to let's pretend this is the first time we are talking about this. So John 3, verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a, name, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish, Jewish rule council, ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you were doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again if they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb and be born again. That's crazy. And Jesus said, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at what I am saying. You must be born again, for the wind blows whether it, wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus said, or asked. You are an Israel teacher, Jesus said, and do not know or understand these things. Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify of what we've seen, but still you do not accept our testimony. I have, spoken, I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe me. Now, then, how will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has gone into heaven except one who has come from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses was lifted up, up, the, the, uh, up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Now, again, let's pretend it's the first time you've heard this part. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned, because they already have not believed in the name of God and the only son. And this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone whose deeds or who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear of their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives in, by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Church, we're going to get real today. We're going to have some fun today and we're going to get serious today. You guys ready? Let's go ahead and pray and let's dive in. God, we thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for this time that we can just take to just pause and focus on you and your Holy Spirit and your powerful, powerful word. God, I know right now I'm not even necessarily in a place where I feel like, yes, I'm super pumped to do this. But God, I know that you have something for all of us, including me today, that you need us to hear your good news, the gospel, the powerful word of God. God, I just pray that you speak through me so we can all hear what you have for us today. Lord, we love you. God, we ask that the Packers don't win so we can all rejoice as Viking fans. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Except the Viking Packer fans. You're like, stop, stop, stop. All right, so here's my opener. You ready? People can be the absolute worst. Can I get an amen? Come on. Let's just, we're getting real today, church. People can be 
terrible. And I fall in the category of people. So I'm not just saying y'all. I'm saying people. We can be terrible people. All right. True story. This just happened. I was at Target and uh, I'm a very in and out of Target type of person. My wife on the other hand, she's like, I could hang out in here for days. I'm like, do you boo? I'm gonna go watch the kids. I'm an in and out kind of guy. I know there's people that are like, this is Target. This is my life. This is my second home. I don't get it. Right. So I'm very in and out. So I was getting groceries, getting my stuff. And I don't know if you heard about this thing going around called COVID. It's like this huge pandemic thing. And so like the world's kind of been changed and affected by it, right? And like every store has like these little fun dots that you stand on to social distance, right? Which is great, right? So I'm in line. I got my stuff. Again, trying to be in and out very quick, right? And I'm standing on my dot. It's a true story. This woman comes with her kids. They're crying, screaming, which I'm like, why are you even here? Like, again, I'm an in and out person. This is not the place to, you know, Groceries, everything full up in their cart, kids screaming, they're ready to be out, right? She just goes right in front of me because there's a little distance. There's a little distance there. Now, I was like, all right, maybe she didn't see me. No problem. Plus, she needs to get out of the store faster than I do. Like, it's okay, right? It'll be all right. So I was like, I'm just saying, she goes ahead. Then, no joke, another guy comes up and stands right in front of me. And I was like, what are you doing? He literally got his stuff and just I think that motion bothered me the most, this, this whole thing. Like, you really get to do that? And I was just standing there, and I was like, are you kidding me? Now, church, honest point here, my old self would be like, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? But again, the woman had these kids that need to get out, so I was like, bless you, I get it. Like, you got to do what you got to do. Other fact, the guy that stood in front of me was like 5,000 pounds, like a pure muscle. And I was like, there's just, I'm telling you, it was like Levi jeans, and he was like wearing this like thermal, like, he's just like, yeah. I'm like, okay, bro, you're good. But I'm telling you, man, how do they not see me? Like, I'm right there in line with my stuff. Like, it's very obvious. Again, people can be the absolute worst. I was so mad. It, like, added 10 minutes of my time in Target, right? Such things we get mad about. But I was like, man, like, how do people not even realize me? I was like, even if they looked behind, like, oh, sorry, I didn't see you. I'm like, oh, sure, yeah, go, go, you're fine. But I was so mad. People can be terrible. And I'm going to get real today, man. Even Christians, man if not more than other people, okay? I'm just going to get real today, man, especially Christians, man. We got to do better. We do. I mean, if we're being, and I'm saying, I say we, okay? This is not just you. It's it's me too. We need to do better. I've been in ministry for over nine years. I, I went to a Christian university. I grew up as a missionary kid. My parents were pastors. Like, I've been in it. And yes, I know that's my surrounding circle, but I have been more hurt by Christian and church people than anyone else in the entire world. I didn't have this in my notes, but this is just reality. Like, besides my house, my favorite places to be are probably the barbershop and the tattoo parlor. Like, because those are some of the most real people you'll ever be around. And I'll be honest, I like them more than church people sometimes. I'm just saying, church people, including myself, can be the worst. And we gotta do better. Now, I'm not saying that y'all need to be like, oh yeah, forget church, forget church people, forget that. That's not what I'm saying, because I've actually tried that, and that doesn't help. That doesn't do anything. That actually makes it worse. But I think that if we are believers of the gospel, we have a responsibility to be better, especially right now in this day and age where people need to hear the word of God more than anything and need to experience the light and the power of Jesus Christ. We got to do better. Man, there's so much stuff going around. I got to do better. We as the church need to do better because we have a responsibility to be Jesus in this dark world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about life and death. This is serious stuff. 
Do not get used to the gospel just because you've heard it so many times. Don't get used to John 3.16 because that was the first verse you learned. There is so much power and so much serious stuff going on here because this is life and death conversation. This is very serious stuff. I'm not going to lie, when I was writing this, my watch was telling me to breathe. <laughs> so we're going to have some fun today, all right? So I want to I go, go into this scripture, John 3, because there's so much stuff in this. And when Eric asked me to speak on this, I was like, man, I can't even find one thing, like just one thing to speak. I want to talk about the whole thing. And so we're just going to break it down and talk about this. And my challenge for you is just find something. Find one thing that you can take with you today. Say, hey, this is something I'm going to work on because church, we got to do better. We got to do better. I got to do better. So John 3, now there was a Pharisee. Someone say Pharisee. Pharisee. There we go. A man named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you're doing if God was not with him. We'll pause right here real quick. I think if Jesus ever, if Jesus ever had a hard person to love, it would be the Pharisees. If, okay, huge if. If there was someone that Jesus was going to have a hard time loving, it would be the Pharisees. They were Jesus' biggest haters, okay? They were always trying to corner him, always trying to kill him. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't think you have people trying to kill you every single day you preach or talk or do anything, right? So Jesus had these haters. These guys were constantly trying to mess up his life. But guess what? Jesus loved these guys just as much as he loves you and me. And I want you to understand something, because I've fallen into this too. It is so easy to get mad at people for doing crazy things or church people or Christians or even people that don't believe in the word of God. But guess what? Jesus loves them just as much as they love you, as he loves you. You got to understand this. Do not think for one second that you are any higher than people all across the world. You are on the same level. Jesus died for all of them, whether you believe it or not. Pharisees is a huge sign of this right here in the word of God. He showed love to these men even though they were constantly trying to kill him. How could someone love someone that's trying to kill you? And I think that this is so huge, and I was thinking about this. Put yourself in, in Jesus' shoes for a second. Would you be able to show someone love? Let's say that I was trying to take your family out. No, it'd be really hard, right? I'll be honest. I'd be like, what is going on? Don't you ever step in between me and my family, right? And you could be like, oh, well, that was Jesus. Jesus could do it. That's Jesus. But guess what, church? We're not called to be Jesus, but we're called to be like Jesus. And I don't care what you say because I'm in the same boat as you. We are called to live like Christ. We're called to love the least of these. We're called to love the people that are hard to love. We're called to love the 5,000 pound of muscle that was ahead of me at Target, even though in that moment I was not happy with that man, more so because I just wasn't as big as him. But we're called to be like Jesus. Just because Jesus was Jesus, that doesn't give us an excuse as a church not to be like Jesus. And this is, again, for all of us today. We got to do better. We are called to live like him. So again, Jesus replies. So how about to have this conversation. Verse 3, Jesus replies, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Someone say born again. Come on now. We're good. We're here. How can someone be born if they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb because that would be gross. That doesn't make sense. What are you talking about? I love, I love how serious the Bible gets, right? And I love how much God is about family. He could use any type of metaphor he's talking about being born again. I love how he breaks this down. Church, we are a family. 
We are all brothers and sisters. We're all children of God. We are, we are actually a family. And if you know anything about me, I love my family. I literally am obsessed with my family. I am beyond blessed to have the family that I have. God is all about family. And there is power in that. There is power in the fact that we're a family in this room. Especially in this day and age, man, you are not made to be alone. Those who are watching online, you're at home doing your thing. Hey, we love you. Like, we're here. Like, this is, this is what it's about. We are called to be together as a family. So when Jesus used this terminology, born again, I was thinking about this whole thing. Now, I remember when my son was born, all right? Now, I'll be honest. I was the type of dad I was like, I can't be, like, I can't watch any of this. Like, this is, I would either pass out or be gross. Like, I just can't, right? So my wife had a C-section, which was another, another level of, of crazy, right? And so thank God they have, you haven't anything about a C-section. They have, like, a big curtain, right, that, like, separates you from whatever goes on on the other side of the curtain, right? And so I was a part of this moment, and, uh, Jumping ahead to the powerful moment, it was a very crazy moment when I heard my son cry for the first time. By far, by far, craziest moment in my entire life. Lost it, crying, going crazy. There was something very powerful about that moment. There's something very powerful about life. And I never knew I could actually love someone so much. And then I had my daughter, all right? And I never knew that I could love someone so much who could actually run my entire life, all right? Kinsley is the best, but she literally runs me over. Like, it's up to her. She can do whatever she wants. I'm like, yes, you're my daughter. Absolutely, right? But when my kids were born, man, like, there is something so powerful about being born, coming to life, from darkness to light. Like, there is something powerful within what God made us to be. So obviously Jesus isn't talking about physically being born again. Like I said, that would be nasty. But he knows that there is power in the love that's present when something goes from darkness to light, when something has been born, when life happens. Jesus knows that this is a powerful moment. Just like when my son and I were doing homeschool right now, we're doing Bible stuff, and the first verse he learned was, God said, let there be light. There was darkness everywhere. Light. There is something powerful about that light. But Nicodemus isn't really getting it. He's like, what's going on here? So Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Because flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised for what I'm saying. You must be born again. The wind blows whether, where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it's coming from, where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And then Nicodemus says, how can this be? Now, I want you to imagine this situation. Nicodemus is a very smart man. He's a Pharisee. They know the law. They're brilliant people, right? And Jesus and him are having this conversation. One of the biggest things that I'm thankful about our God and Lord and Savior is that he is patient. All right? Because think about this story. Nicodemus keeps asking questions, and he's like, Nicodemus, I'm trying to tell you, it's really not that complicated. But he's, Nicodemus is having a confused time figuring out what's going on. So he's like, Jesus, I need you to break it down a little bit. So then he goes in and he says, okay, you're an Israel teacher, Jesus said. You don't understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and what we testify and what we've seen. But still, you people, I love it, you people don't accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things so that you could understand it and you don't believe how then would you believe if i speak of heavenly things so he says no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven the son of man just as moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him i can just picture nicodemus being like 
okay, I really want to understand what you're saying, but I really still don't understand what you're saying right now. Like, what is going on? I can see Jesus getting frustrated with him. I'm not going to lie, because Jesus was a very real person, right? I know he gets frustrated with me sometimes, right? Like a moment when, you know, your wife's out of town for the weekend, and like you have the first time watching the kids for three nights in a row. You don't know what you're doing, true story. And your daughter, because she's the best, wakes up every single hour and keeps you awake. And you look at her, and you're like, I love you, but go to sleep, right? But I love you so much. Like, I feel like this is a moment for Jesus. He's in Nicodemus. He's like, Listen, bro, like, I'm trying to tell you this. It's really not that complicated. And he's like, I don't understand. He was like, God, okay, let me help you here. For the love of goodness gracious, pun, let me show you what's going on. John 3, 16. Church, pretend this is the very first time you've ever heard this in your entire life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever, whoever, not just the good people, not just the cool, cool people, not just the white people, not just the black people, not just the, it, it, there's, no, there's no box. It's whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And I love this second part, man, just as much as the first, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God wants you to win. God is on your side. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to make it. In this pandemic, in 2021, in your life, he wants you to succeed. He wants you to have eternal life. He is not out against you. He is actually for you. He wants to give you life. Remember, John 3.16 happened 16 verses later as he's trying to explain this to a really smart guy what needs to happen to enter the kingdom of God. The smart guy didn't get it. Guaranteed, Nicodemus is way smarter than me. Didn't get it. Verse 16, he drops this truth. Because he wants to give you life. Whoever believes in him, verse, six, or verse 18 says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God, uh, God's one only son. Band, you can start making your way back up. Because this is where it gets crazy. Again, there's so much stuff in this passage. So much stuff in this passage. And so I want to I wanna get to this big part right here. I love it. The Bible, the scripture says, and this is the verdict. After dropping that huge truth, the gospel, the only reason why we even do church, the only reason of our entire being here on the planet Earth, he says, but here's the verdict. That light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light. Well, come on, Jesus, that's a little aggressive. I don't really like, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Everyone who does evil, that means every single person in the entire world, including myself, hates the light and will not come into, the, into their light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. Verse 21, but whoever lives by the truth, someone say truth, that comes into light, so that it may be seen plainly that they have, what, that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Church, I believe that fear, and by far this, this part is the devil's biggest tactic. 100%. I believe that the devil can make you feel so guilty and so gross that you hide your mistakes, that you hide your sins, 
that he wins, if you can hide it in that darkness, that he starts doing things in your life, he wins. Because here's the deal, when you stay in that darkness, when you stay in that darkness, you're not truly experiencing the power of the gospel. I think there's a huge part here where we got to understand that there's this idea that we need to step into the power of the gospel. And I was, as I was writing this, I was talking to Eric about this, man. I just, I love this church because guess what? There's a lot of people out there, a lot of churches out there that do a very bad job at loving hard people. I'm just being honest. I've been in them. It's, it gets messy. And I realize this, guys. Do you know people actually don't care as much as you think they do about your mistakes? Like, honestly. Like, they really don't. And I'm going to get into this in a second here. People actually don't actually care as much as you think they do about your sins and your mistakes and your darkness. They would so much rather see you come to life and let those things go and succeed than be talking about all this stuff. Sure, there's people out there, but really people don't actually, you know why? Because we've all messed up. We've all failed. Just as God so loved the whole entire world that whoever, we need to have that same type of identity. People would actually rather see you step into the light and find new life and be free from the struggle than worry so much about, oh, you did this or that happened. Or what? No way. If you know anything about our church, man, we are broken people. We've all messed up, including myself. But if you allow your sins to keep you in the darkness, how in the world would you experience the power of the gospel? How in the world would you experience John 3, 16? There is freedom and powerful change when we step into the light. As I started off today, I talked about that people can be the absolute worst sometimes. And I know it's true. And I'm one of those people. My, pa- my marriage has almost failed multiple times because of mistakes that I've made and things that I've done. I'm in this boat with you just because I'm at this stage that maybe three feet high. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. I've had five friends in just 2020 go through the most terrible divorces I've ever seen in my entire life. Five. Five. Gosh dang it, COVID. You know, I'm just, man, it's crazy. Five. And I want to read this text to you because this is a friend of mine who's going through something crazy right now. And it was someone that I never thought would have experienced something like this. I'll be honest. But it paints this picture that, again, we all need the gospel. We all need the truth. So I'm going to read this text that he sent me because I was checking on him, seeing how he was doing because I found out things were not going well. This breaks my heart. So I'm going to have a hard time reading this, but I just want to paint this picture how much we need to do better and how much we need Jesus. Asked him how he was doing with things, and they have, they have some kids. And he said, when I was putting the kids to bed two nights ago, my son kept holding onto my neck, and he kept crying when I went into the other room, saying he wanted me and didn't want to be alone. His son's like five. I went in there for the third time, and he put his head on my chest and was sobbing like I've never seen him sob before. He asked why mom and dad weren't sleeping at the same house anymore. I told him that mom and dad aren't going to be living with each other anymore because we're not getting along. Because dad has not always been nice to mom. And he started belly crying. 
He literally cried for 45 minutes. <clears throat> asking me why we don't want to be a family anymore. He asked who would drive him. <clears throat> he asked who would drive him places and get him food. You know, the important things in the kid's life there. He kept asking where his, where daddy's house was going to be. He probably asked about 10 times. Then he asked who would play with him and put him to bed and color with him. And I reassured him over and over that I love him so much and that mommy loves him so much too. Then he kept saying, I love you to me. I said about 30 times. So we cried together for probably an hour. We need to do better. We need to do better. Sin is way too powerful of a thing to not take seriously. When the devil can make you feel so icky and so guilty about something you've gone through that you hide it and it festers and it grows, it ruins lives. It absolutely ruins lives. But guess what? That's where the gospel comes in. That's where, guess what? Your mistakes aren't actually as big of a deal as you might think to people, let alone Jesus Christ. He wants you to succeed and do better and grow and be free from that darkness. And that's why John 3.16 is an actual verse. Because there is power in the gospel. And church, we need to live in that light. We need to live in that promise. We cannot get used to the fact that we know John 3.16. If you know Jesus, you have a responsibility. Sorry, we have a responsibility to share the good word of Jesus Christ to people. Why? So that things like this can maybe start happening less. Or if it does happen, there's a different outcome than this buddy having to tell his son what's going on. You guys all know people in this world have gone through stuff like this. We can do better. We can actually do better. It's like, oh, well, this just happens. No, it doesn't need to happen this way. We can honestly do better if we just live and walk in the power of the light. And that is my biggest encouragement to you today, church, that you understand that there is power in the gospel. There is power in these words. Jesus wants you to make it. He wants you to succeed. He is so much more focused on where you're going than what you've done. He cares about your eternal life. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Let's do this, church. Let's be better. Let's, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's walk in that power. So even today, if you're going through something that you've just been hiding, guess what? Just talk about it, man. Just do it. I know it's hard. I've been through it, but just do it because you can experience the power of that light. Guess what, I'm gonna speak for us as a church right now. We actually do not care so much about the stuff that you've messed up on. We would so much rather see you succeed and move forward. So if you, even online, if you're out there and like, hey, you know what, I've messed up so many times, I'm going through this, that, and the other thing, guess what, so have we. And it really isn't that big of a deal. Not that we don't care about you, we're way more concerned about where you are going than what you have done. And that's the love of Jesus Christ. That is the love and the light that we are called to experience. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for today. God, I thank you so much for your love and your promise and the power of the gospel. 
I need the gospel every single day. And Lord, we want to experience that power of stepping into light from darkness, for being reborn again by just knowing that you are God and knowing that you love us and that you sent your son to give us eternal life. It's not complicated. It's really not complicated. So God, I pray that we step into that promise today, that we live this week experiencing that love and that light so that then we can share that love and that light. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you did on the cross for us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said.